Welcome, everybody, to the Nuggets of Gold podcast. Um, we are part of the Worst Take Network, and today I am your host, Matt Keimer, and I am with McConnell Johnson, who is also the other Worst Take Network co-founder. So today is going to be kind of an interesting topic, kind of a negative topic, but it's going to be on the 49ers' weaknesses. And while it is a negative topic, I do have to say that it's kind of a positive thing because there's not a ton of stuff that you can really look at and go, oh, this is a bigger weakness than most teams have. Of course, a quarter, like if your quarterback gets hurt, that's probably it. So I'm not going to include things like, oh, if Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, there's no quarterback depth because what team legitimately has true quarterback depth? You don't typically see that. Um, and just to start off the episode today... I want to bring up a, a few things that I saw on Twitter, and these are some of the things I just don't agree with. Uh, these were some of the weaknesses that were brought to my mind. One of them was Kyle Shanahan and the play calling. And first off, I just want to say that Kyle Shanahan is anything but a weakness. I remember the Chip Kelly and Jimmy Tom Sula days, and those were not pretty. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has completely turned this team around. Not only is he the head coach, but he also has the control of the roster he has the final say on the 53-man roster so (laughs) McConnell I think you can attest to the fact that Kyle Shanahan is nothing close to a weakness for this team yeah I think it's pretty fair to say Kyle Shanahan is at least an above average oh really (laughs) and he's he's definitely top 10 (laughs) he's definitely a top 10 coach I don't see how he can be a weakness unless you're focusing specific on second halves of Super Bowls. Yeah, and and I think that's what, like, this is really coming from. And so, like, everyone's just like, oh, like, look at the last time we saw him. He lost the Super Bowl. And that's also where you get the play calling from. And, And I said to someone, if anything, it would be, like, the whole time management situation, not the play calling. Because I don't really think anybody listening to this show or myself can say, oh, Kyle Shanahan doesn't know how to call plays. When I would probably bet everything that he could call plays better than you or I. <laughs> so, or McConaughey too. I mean, I don't know about, I don't know if we're going to be able to out, out play call Shanahan. So I just wanted to bring that up. Um, another thing that was brought up was that Jimmy G was a weakness of this team. Um, I really disagree with that. I think that's also comes from the second half of the Super Bowl. Um, and I think that's just one of those things where it's like, oh, we saw him not pull out the victory in the Super Bowl. And so, like, let's overreact and panic. Um, Jimmy G was great down the stretch. Towards the beginning of the year, he was struggling a little, little bit. But as the year progressed, he started playing better and better. And as long as Jimmy G keeps getting experience... He has a very high ceiling, so I really disagree with that. McConaughey, we've talked about Jimmy G. We both believe he is a above-average, I would say, I don't know how you feel. I, I feel like he is an above-average, he's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback that has room to grow into a great quarterback. Um, that's where I kind of stand on him. Not above-average, better than an above-average. Um, and then, besides that, a couple other things that were brought up were COVID and I don't even want to talk about that, but yes, that could 
have a factor in everyone's season. <laughs> um, and the final thing that was brought up on Twitter that I did not really agree with was the interior defensive line. Um, I was kind of shocked to hear that someone said that just because obviously last year the defensive line was fantastic. And they lost to Forrest Buckner. And I, I guess you could say that's a weakness. I think it's more of replacing DeForest Buckner than... And they actually said interior defensive line depth. That was the thing that I didn't agree with. If you're just talking about just replacing Buckner, I get that. But the depth of the defensive line is really good. Because on non-passing downs, on running downs, you have DJ Jones, Javon Kinlaw as the expected starters. I think that's what it's going to look like. And then... On passing downs, passing situations, you have Eric Armstead kicking inside, and he's proven to be a, a great interior pass rusher. Um, and then you'll have DJ Jones or Javon Kinlaw next to him. Those two kind of two. I kind of expect them to be earlier in the year. DJ Jones will play a little bit more than Kinlaw, and then Kinlaw will play a little bit more than Jones. But both will get a lot of snaps throughout the whole season. Um, but then, so there's three guys that are starter level players. Hopefully. Um, and then you have Julian Taylor, Solomon Thomas, Contavious Street, uh, Ronald Blair, even though he's more of an edge rusher, he could play inside if he really needed to. Um, but Contavious Street, Julian Taylor, and Solomon Thomas, all those guys, they're depth pieces, but they're solid depth pieces. Like they're not you don't want them starting, but you already have three starter level players on the inside. So I'm not that's not something I'm really concerned about at all. Um, and I was just kind of interested to see that. I could see replacing Buckner being one. I could get that. Um, but I think it's time to start into my top three weaknesses for this team. And the first one is going to be the wide receiver question marks. And I really do believe in this wide receiver group. But you have to recognize that there are some serious question marks with the group. McConaughey, you're not a 49ers fan. Looking from the outside in, what do you think about the receiving group? Before I kind of get into more detail. I first want to say I find it interesting how whenever you bring me onto this show, it's it's from the outsider's perspective, which I like, and it always typically has is the, the cynical approach. Uh, but looking at the 49ers wide receivers... I mean, th- there's there's question marks. My my biggest weakness for the entire 49ers team is, I would say, question marks. I can get into that later, and, and part of that comes in the wide receivers. Now, obviously, we 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 kind I would say that we know who Debo is as a player, or at least his floor is a pretty solid NFL player, and his ceiling is obviously much higher than where he's at right now. But after him. I mean, they drafted Ayuk, which Ayuk is a Ayuk is a guy who could be great. Shanahan loved him. Great after he catches the football at Arizona State. He was phenomenal. So, like, obviously, you hope he's great. You don't really know. Then you've got, like, Trent Taylor, who I believe Kyle Shanahan loves, correct? Oh, Kyle Shanahan Kyle loves Shanahan Trent loves Taylor. Trent Taylor. And, and he's a guy that somebody else who's able to – you know, who who has a lot of potential. Could be very, very good. Jalen Hurd, another guy like that, where like like this this 49ers receiving core is really like the biggest wild card overall for the positions. Because they could end up being very solid overall. And everybody will all of a sudden be like, Whoa, Jimmy's playing with 
horrible wide receivers, but it's like, or maybe they're just pretty good wide receivers and people just don't know the names yet. Like we don't really know. There's just question marks with those, with those guys, because obviously you hope those guys pan out like any, any young player. They always have, there's a reason why they were drafted. Like Mm -hmm. every player has things that they're good at when they get drafted. And you look at those and you say, wow, this guy can be great. And and you just don't know. So obviously I'm hoping for Ayuk and I'm hoping for Hurd and Taylor to step up, but we don't know. Yeah, so what I think the week one starters are going to look like would be Debo. Obviously he has an injury. He's going to be out. So I think it's going to be Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne, and if healthy, Trent Taylor which is kind of odd. Now, it's a big if, if Trent Taylor is healthy. Um, but let me just go over these wide receivers real quick. Brandon Ayuk, McConaughey, you brought up a ton of potential. Um, the dude ran a 4-5-0 at the combine. Doesn't sound very fast. Except that he had an injury. I believe it was, I don't remember if it was a core injury. Some It was some odd injury. And he, he apparently ran a sub 4-3 or a sub 4-4 four, four at Arizona State's Pro Day. So he is very fast. And if anyone's seen videos of Ayuk running routes just without pads on and stuff, you go, holy crap, this dude is quick. Like, he, you see why he's a first-round pick real quickly because it's like, yeah, he came, came from a small school in Arizona State not playing against the SEC or, you know, the Big Ten, that type of stuff. Um, I mean, they're Pac-12, but they're not... They're not playing against... I mean, the Pac-12 isn't today. We, McConnell, we were talking about this the other day. It's not like it used to be, um, at least a few years ago, where this the talent there is just isn't as good. Um, but it might take him a while to get going, and that's something I would fully expect, especially in an offseason that's not a full offseason. So it'll be really interesting. Kendrick Bourne, I think we've seen who Kendrick Bourne is. I know a lot of 49er fans have, like, they have this like desire, like, oh yeah, Kendrick Bourne's gonna be like a like a number two receiver. That would be awesome. I don't think that's him though. I think his role last season is what he will flourish in. And so if he can bring that again, massive. That's a massive get. And I think he will. I really think he will. I think that's the player he is, and I think that's kind of right where he's gonna be for the rest of his career on the 49ers at least. Um, Debo Debo's hurt. I am a huge fan of Debo. Not only because he's a really good wide receiver, but because he's just a good football player, and that's what Kyle Shanahan really likes. He seems like almost like a George Kittle light in a way. Like I don't really know how to explain it. Like, but he doesn't. He gets tackled, yeah. But you can put him in motion across the field. You can run those sweeps, and I mean, you saw that in the Super Bowl. That was working well. And he is just a nightmare for opposing defenses. So you got him. Then you got Trent Taylor. I'm a big fan of Trent Taylor. Kyle Shanahan said last offseason that he believes that Trent Taylor could be an, a pro bowler that last season. Like in the offseason, he thought so. Um, the next guy after that, kind of in the same space as Trent Taylor, is Jalen Hurd. He was a third-round pick in 2019. So... You can't forget about this guy. He was also he's six foot four and he played running back in college. That is so unique and 
I think if you're a defensive coordinator or you know you're Pete Carroll, it's like really we're gonna have to go against the 49ers, their crazy run team with George Kittle as a blocker, Kyle Juszczyk as a blocker. Oh, those guys can even get get little screens and running and running plays for them. And then you also have Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd. Good luck because that is going to be absolutely terrifying. Um, and then you have Travis Benjamin. Juwan Jennings, Richie James, and Dante Pettis, who I'm kind of leaning will be traded if unless he shows something, and I don't think he will. So I talk very positive about these guys, but outside of Debo, who is injured, there's not any secure starting receiver spots, really. And I brought up Bourne. I think if you have to have Bourne in there to start the year as a starter, I think that's totally fine. But there's a lot of pressure on Brandon Ayuk. And McConnell, I think you'll agree with that. Like, there's a ton of pressure that this dude has to come and he has to produce right away, which is yeah. which is scary. And then Trent Taylor, like, I think Trent Taylor totally can be a starting level player. But we haven't seen him healthy. And that's the thing. Like you, These guys got to be healthy. Um, Jalen Hurd, don't know how he's going to look, but ton of talent. So there's a ton of talent in this room. And that's why it's my number three weakness. I, I don't think... I think the talent in the room is much higher than the average NFL team. But having all that talent doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be productive. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're typically a healthy group of players. So that's my, my third biggest weakness. And I just... I think there's definitely concern there. Um, then moving on to my second second biggest weakness is the interior offensive line. So last, last season, you had Mike Pearson at right guard, and this season, I'm expecting Daniel Brunskill to win that job. He's going to be competing with Tom Compton. McConnell, I don't know how much you know about these guys, <laughs> but this is a guard spot that's kind of been the revolving door since Shanahan came in, they got Lincoln Tomlinson to fill that left guard spot, and he has done a very good job. He was basically labeled as a bust out of Detroit, and he's been a rock. He's been that left guard spot. He's been taken. He's been fantastic. So left guard's been pretty good. And then at center, you have Weston Richburg. Problem is, Weston Richburg has got hurt two season-ending injuries, I believe, on the 49ers. Um, and I believe he had one on the Giants as well. Um, and then his backup is Ben Garland. So Ben Garland played in the Super Bowl. He was all right, but clearly you don't want those guys in. And the issue I have is I'm fine with the starting three players. I think that's a solid group, Lincoln Tomlinson, Weston Richburg, Daniel Brunskill. But the problem is Weston Richburg has got hurt both of the last two seasons, I believe, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure on that. Um, Lincoln Tomlinson, he's a solid average guard. And Daniel Brunskill, he played tackle last year. I think he can come in and play guard and be a good guard. I think he can be better than what Mike Pearson was last year. But outside of those guys, you have Tom Compton and Ben Garland. That is not good. Now, one thing I wonder is, and I think Colton McKivich, their six-round pick, maybe fifth round pick. I think that those that he might go into the guard spot, but I'm not sure. Um 
And then Justin School, him, and Sean Coleman will be competing for that swing tackle role. It'll be interesting to see if either of those guys get some reps at guard throughout the season. But this is a spot that just has not spelled well for the 49ers. Um, so last year, their pass block win rate for the whole offensive line was 55%. And that was good for 26% or 26th in the league. And that's something that is just really overlooked with this team. A lot of people go, oh, look, Jimmy, Jimmy's job is so easy. He just has play action and a great offensive line and a great offense and a great run game. The offensive line is not good at pass blocking. I believe it was ranked by PFF like 22nd in that early 20s. That's not where you want to be, especially if you're a Super Bowl contending team. So I'm really concerned about that. I just don't know how that is. Um, McConaughey, you haven't really dealt dealt that kind of issue as a Ravens fan. I mean, you guys, your interior offensive line is always looking real nice. <laughs> yeah, we've always had Yonda and typically another pro bowler in there. Um, but personally, I'm going to say I don't know a ton about 49ers offensive line stuff. But Matt, you did your most recent episode. You talked about the offensive line, or was that two weeks ago? Um, that was my most recent episode, and that was more that was more about Trent Williams and his impact. But okay. we got into the offensive line a little bit, um, and if you haven't checked that one out, check it out. It's a really cool episode. Um, yeah. And so it's and that was more about Trent Williams. I'm not too concerned about Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey has been fantastic so far. Um, there were rumors that he was going to be in the trade for Jamal Adams, and that got shut down real quick because. Michael Lugunchi is a great player, and the 49ers drafted him with the first-round pick. They're not going to just walk away from that. Like he is, he is too good to lose, and he is really, really impactful. So him and Trent, I think that's fine. Now, obviously, you don't want either of them getting hurt, but at the same time, the swing tackles that were, would replace them, they would be better than the guys that we were replacing these interior guys, not to mention... One of the guys that's starting at guard, he played tackle last season. That's Daniel Brunskill. So that's something, and Justin School did as well. He got starts last year, and they survived with that. Um, but then the entire offensive line, that was the part that struggled. That was that was the real issue in the Super Bowl, not the play calling that I alluded to earlier. That's not not something that we're focusing on as a weakness. But interior offensive line, got to hope that that depth withholds Maybe a good veteran player gets cut and the 49ers go after him. I don't really know. I do think that this position could be upgraded, though. Um, and then for the biggest weakness of the team, it's got to be the secondary depth. This team, yes, they got shredded by the Chiefs. I'm not really basing that this issue off that. I'm basing it more off of the fact that you have an aging Richard Sherman who, granted, was a fantastic player last season. I believe he was number one PFF-ranked corner, and watching him week in and week out, he is a competitor. He is a he is a star still. He is a superstar still in today's league. Now, does he get help because he plays a scheme that's very good for him? Yes. But guess what? He's playing that scheme, so that shouldn't really matter. <laughs> um, and then opposite him... You have E-Man, Emmanuel Mosley playing a lot of reps, and you have Akella Witherspoon playing a lot of reps. 
Witherspoon, he was not good in the second half of last year. However, to start the year, he was playing like an all-pro. He was playing that level. He was he was hanging hanging in with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and guys like that. Then at the end of the year, he was just getting shredded. I know there was one play where he got destroyed by DK Metcalf. Um, in the playoffs, the Diggs touchdown was just embarrassing. And right after Diggs scored that touchdown, they said, all right, E-Man, go, go get that spot. And Mosley was great. I think Mosley has a chance to be a solid player in the NFL. I really do. And I think it's so rare because he's an undrafted cornerback. You just don't see that. But he's really good. Um, and then in the slot, you have Quan Williams, who recently there was a report that the 49ers are, gonna, are going to try to extend a player and it's someone that you're not expecting. And so I was like, it's got to be Quan Williams. The 49ers already extended him. They really like him. And he was really good last season. I think he, he forced five fumbles. So, I mean, you don't really see many slot corners like that. He also had a couple picks, and he's just been good since he's been here. Um, just kind of a scrappy corner. Guys will get open on him and stuff, but he is a good player. So, you have those guys outside of those four corners, you have Tim Harris, Jason Vrett, and DJ Reed. You don't want any of those guys starting. And you probably don't want Akello starting unless he looks like he did in the in the first three games, I believe it was, before he got injured last season. If he's looking like that, that's all right. But it's probably going to be Emmanuel Mosley, Richard Sherman, Quan Williams, and you don't want any of those guys getting hurt. And if they do, it is a massive detriment. Then, at safety, you have Kwaski Tart, Jimmy Ward starting. Kwaski, fantastic player. When he got hurt last season, that was a big miss. Marcel Harris filled that spot. And Makana, I think you remember one play done by Marcel Harris. Uh, Ravens game. Is this the Lamar strip? This was the Lamar strip. That was Marcel Harris. Fantastic. Amazing play. It was a great play. However, Marcel Harris... He's a box safety, and in today's NFL, it's tough. It's really, really tough. And I just don't know if he's going to ever be good enough in coverage to really to really be able to be a starting strong safety. Like, yes, you're not as dependent on your coverage skills as the free, as the free safety is, but you still have to cover. Um, in that Saints game, they were picking on Marcel Harris. They were picking on him, and it was it was bad. So, Kwaski Tart, I think if you lose him, you don't have a single player that can fill his spot and not be a weakness. Where a lot of other positions, it's like, okay, yes, that guy's not as good as the starter is, but he could do some of this stuff. I really don't think Marcel Harris is that guy, and I hope he develops into that guy. I hope if, I don't hope that, that Kwaski Tart gets hurt, of course, but if he does, I hope that Marcel Harris can, go, can come in there and go, look, I've progressed as a coverage player. You know, that's something that, that would be fantastic. I just don't see that happening right now, though. Um, and then at free safety, you have Jimmy Ward. And backing up, you have Tavarius Moore. That's that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. That's probably the deepest spot in the secondary is the free safety position because Tavarius Moore has shown that he's a good, good player. Now, he hasn't played that much. He was a third-round pick a couple years ago. But Jimmy Ward, he just got extended. He's the starter. He's the starter of the future. 
if he gets hurt or say Quan Williams gets hurt and they kick Jimmy Ward down to that slot cornerback role, Tarverius Moore will fill that free safety spot. And I have a feeling that he'll do it pretty good. Um, so that's just kind of a quick overview of the secondary. McConnell, what are your kind of just overall thoughts on the Niners secondary? Yeah, so one of my weaknesses for the Niners comes from the secondary. You're not going to like this whatsoever, but hear me out. And I'm going to say it's Richard Sherman. And I believe Richard Sherman is still a clear top 10 cornerback in the NFL. But I'm looking at it from what the Niners want to do, which is go back to the Super Bowl. I think that's a realistic goal. I think they're clearly a top two team in the in the NFC. Pretty Pretty good chances to reach the Super Bowl. But if you look at the teams that they could play in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Texans, what do those players have at wide receiver? Speed, speed, speed. So it's something where Richard Sherman can ball out in the regular season. He can ball out in the playoffs. But if you get to the Super Bowl, he's going against a 4-3 guy. Or sub 4-3 in Tyree Kill, or Hollywood Brown, who's projected at like 4-3-3 speed, then Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks for Houston, and honestly, I don't really see any other team from the AFC making it to the Maybe Super the Steelers? Bowl. I don't really see the Steelers. I like the Steelers, but I, I don't see them as a Super Bowl team. Like, I don't see the Bills as a Super Bowl team. I, don't, I, don't, I really only see the Chiefs and the Raiders. I think they're clear head and shoulders. I would still predict the Chiefs. But it's like the speed in the Super Bowl, it's it's almost a guarantee that you're going to be going up against a very, very fast team. So that's, that's why I'm worried about him. Obviously, I think he's amazing. Like, if he's going against anybody that isn't fast, it's clamps. Like, Richard Sherman's going to be Richard Sherman. He's going to be, like, Hall of Fame level elite. But... In the game that they're trying to reach to, they're going to be at a disadvantage, in my opinion, with Richard Sherman. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Um, and, of course, we saw the Super Bowl. Sherman didn't really look that great. Got toasted a couple times. I still have a lot of belief in him. I don't think he's... I don't think he's changed much throughout his career. Like, yes, he had an Achilles injury, but he was always a slower corner. And there's very few NFL cornerbacks that can be successful while not being extremely fast human beings. And he's just not a super, super fast guy. But he he's able to withstand that just because he is such a smart player. Um, and I think that's where, yeah, maybe that guy's faster, faster than him. But that's why having a guy like Jimmy Ward up top is so important because Jimmy Ward's going to recognize that he's he's a veteran player. He's been very he's bounced all around the defense. He's very smart, very able to determine what's going on. And and that's right there McCon is is why I think the secondary depth is the biggest issue because if you have one of these guys fall out of place, it can just snowball where it's like, "Oh, Jimmy Ward's out and yeah, Tarverius Moore's there, but now they're playing this team with a fast receiver cuz Jimmy Ward missed a couple games last year, but didn't detriment the season if Jimmy Ward's not playing that Super Bowl which he actually missed part of that Super Bowl he got knocked out for a while so that's a perfect point and it's just like 
I, I don't know. It's something that just it frightens me because we saw last year when Jaquaski Tart got hurt, it really hurt their team. We saw when Ameo Mosley came in to start at the like I think it's week four that he comes in week three. No, it was a Browns game. He comes in during the Browns game, and he fills that spot. Well, then Akello Witherspoon comes back, and they're like, okay, Akello, here's your job back. And there's the struggles. So it's something where it's just like, if something's off in the secondary, it can really affect the team. Now, at the end of the day, having that pass rush is way more important, in my opinion. That's why I'm happy that this is the 49ers' biggest weakness. Well, not happy, but... Happy it's not like, oh, how are we going to get pressure? Because how are we going to get pressure basically is more of how are we going to get any wins? <laughs> yeah. So so I do think it's not the biggest concern in the world because like there are some guys there that are good, but if one of them goes down, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough to reach you back to the Super Bowl and, and win the Super Bowl just because you got to come in there. It, a lot of seasons, it's who's the most healthy. That's the team that makes it. And so, that, I don't know. That's just my big concern for this for this team. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I would say, I mean, obviously the Niners. The Niners are a very, very good roster, very good team. I I see their biggest weakness as something that they literally can't control whatsoever, and it's their division. Their division is a huge weakness for them. They're not sitting there like the New England Patriots did for twenty years, being like, "Oh yeah, six free wins." Like, yes, the Niners were able to beat the Cardinals both times last season, but those were tough games. Um, split with Seattle, and I believe they beat the Rams both times. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. No, you're right. But but one Rams of them was close. Still, one they're was... still a good team. Mm-hmm. Like, like those aren't free wins, and I know they didn't play very well against the Seahawks. But overall, like it, it's just tough when you don't have a free even one free win because at least the saints they have carolina at least the packers and bears kind of have detroit or at least did detroit's not that bad but but most of those elite teams they've got that team the ravens have the Bengals, the chiefs have the raiders the saints have the panthers like i said the niners have the cardinals the rams they're solid Pretty teams. above average teams in the NFL is like their weakest team in their division that they have to play twice. But then overall, I talked about the question marks that I had, and I brought up the wide receivers. Um, second guy is Trent Williams. I think he's there's a high chance Trent Williams just is still very, very good. Like I don't see that as a big question mark whatsoever. But no preseason games or anything like that. Kind of throwing it off a little bit. We won't get to know as much. Um, and then finally, you talked about interior defensive line. Kinlaw. Kinlaw's a guy who I believe had six sacks at South Carolina. Um, he's, he's shown he was the best, second best D tackle behind um, uh, Derek Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek Brown out of Auburn, who was, who was phenomenal. But other than him, it was Kinlaw. And Kinlaw's a very good D tackle, or at least was in college. And it's something where DeForest Buckner was a very, very good D tackle. And that really helped out Nick Bosa. And Nick Bosa Nick Bosa is a phenomenal football player. Don't get me wrong when I say this. But he did have the benefit of playing alongside those great players. And one of those great players is gone. So there, there might be a little bit more of a focus. And especially after what he did in the Super Bowl. 
playing an absolutely phenomenal game. Like he's going to have a little bit more focus on him, and and that that could hurt. That could be great. Like that that could be a strength that they have. Oh, all of a sudden they're paying attention to Nick Bosa. That helps Kinlaw. That helps D Ford. Like like this could be a benefit to Armstead and everybody else. But it could be a weakness in terms of that. So it's like that's something that we don't really know. Um, that's just a question mark that I have. Is is how he'll perform and all that. But I think nothing major. I think that's a super fair, super reasonable point. One thing that's funny you brought up, like oh they're gonna like focus on Nick Bosa more or whatever. Eric Armstead faced over 200 double teams last year. One of the top marks in the league where, like, that dude's still there. Like, that dude is still a menace. Um, and did he lead the team in sacks last season? Yeah, he did. He had yes, 10. that's what I thought, yeah. No, that's the thing. He's he, And I think that the 49ers front office really was just like, he's more valuable. Like, he's more valuable and we get to hang on to him and trade Buckner for a one? That's better than paying Buckner more and then trading Armstead for a two or a three. Because, like, yeah, he's probably worth a two, but, like, maybe a team doesn't give it up to him because they have to pay him, too. You know, it's just one of those things. And you can agree or disagree with that. That's just what I think the 49ers front office is. I'm kind of up in the air. I, I don't really – I think the verdict's still out on Armstead. Kind of been up and down. Kind of started out slow to his career, but he was spectacular last season. Um, but, but I think that's a huge, a really important point. I didn't, I didn't really stress like, okay, Buckner's gone. Like that, that should be stressed more. And I do agree with you on that. Maybe I'm just kind of looking past it. Like, oh, Kinlaw's just gonna flawlessly step in there, and <laughs> Kinlaw's a god. <laughs> that's being pretty, yeah. That's being pretty naive to the fact that like, uh, DeForest Buckner was a second team All Pro last season. So, really, really think that's a great point. Um, any other weaknesses that you kind of just think about on this team? I I don't think Jimmy's a weakness. So <laughs> I was about to say Jimmy Garoppolo, wide receivers, uh, but we already talked about those. <laughs> like I don't see Jimmy as a weakness. I believe I have Jimmy ranked higher than you do in terms of current quarterbacks. Yeah, and I love Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like I think we're both Jimmy guys, um, or should I say porn star Jimmy guys? <laughs> Yes, I, that's what I'll say. Poor star Jimmy, guys. I believe in. I believe in this Niners team. I think they're still the best team in the division. Um, even though I don't have them winning the division, I'm sorry, 49ers fans. But I do say you're definitely the best team. Yeah, I think that they're still the best team. I think that they view the NFC as theirs to lose, which is a good mindset to be confident. I do think that the Saints have a more talented roster but i think that the niners are going to be in the same kind of situation that they were last year of all right like we're in the playoffs we're a favorite you know like let's go win it um and i think that this team just doesn't have many weaknesses and so i was i was decided i decided to do this episode and was thinking okay like this is kind of a negative topic but at the same time it's like let's shed light to the fact that there's not many weaknesses you know so I think that about there, though, wraps it up. So just want to say thanks for listening. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review or five-star rating and review. And give me a follow on Twitter, at Matt Keimer. I love to interact with my fans and other, I guess, fans, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your fans. 
But uh, yeah, I'd love to interact with this show. And if you have any topics or things you want me to discuss on this show, then let me know. Thanks. Thanks.